Welcome to Chaos Theory Tales Askew. Theory Tales Askew presents podcast one of two podcasts of an excerpt from chapter one of Sue Lang's Trichin Hash, as presented by Sue Lang. Disengage, please, Sylvan Hash. Disengaged, Sylvan Trichin Hash answered. And Jack, she added, I'm sorry. The reply through the voice feeder was pretending it had missed that last thing. Nothing, Trish said, switching off the box. Nothing, nothing. Blame her impatience on the fact that she'd been sitting in a one-size-fits-all seat for the past six hours. She had spent most of that time trying to revive parts of her body that had fallen asleep. It was an impossible task, since the hemp straps held her securely in place, just like the procedural manuals liked it. Straight-jacketed without a break in a prototype jet called Stebo had given her ass cramps. Impatient was an understatement. Trichin Hash had reached impatient some time ago and was now taking her misplaced anger out on somebody else, which is why she swore at the lab stooge on the feeder. A gravelly, cynical voice deep inside her, originating probably in the fleshy portion of her backside or perhaps the bile-filled regions of her gut, nagged her suggesting she dismount the hog and have somebody give her a call when they were ready. And then another voice, angelic, sitting sweetly on her shoulder, smelling of honeydew and boujolet, reminded her that if she were the one to blow off the gig, they wouldn't have to pay her for the day, even though she'd made it three quarters of the way through. That's what the general contract says, the second voice cooed. She opted to follow this sage advice and kept the hemp's hunkered in place. Flicking the talk circle, she cracked into the voice feeder. Hey there, hello. You sure this thing is plugged in? Sylvan Hash, we are aware of your discomfort. We must try a few more checkoffs before we can list the scrap. Please sit tight and wait for indication. The lab drone oozed indifference. Sure, you bet. I'm right there with you, baby. But I gotta tell you, my hemorrhoids are growing by leaps and bounds. I'm gonna will them to your first niece when I die. You should have to sit in the same position all day and see how fast you scrap. No reply. Not even a grunt for her sarcasm. The unfortunate thing was that as soon as she said the word hemorrhoids, her asshole started to itch. She sat a few brave seconds pulling her best zen moves, trying to not think about it, but one can do that for only so long, and Trich was a poor practitioner at best. In a decidedly capricious and illegal move, she unstrapped, then ripped off her glove. Unzipping the back panel of her coot suit, she reached behind herself as best she could, pulling away from the seat back to give herself enough room for a little tweak. She leaned forward as far as the panel in front of her allowed, just a little bit more, stretch the arm, and there it... Engage, please, Sylvan Hash. It was the feeder squawking. Shit, she thought to herself. She'd almost gotten it. She slammed her left hand, the gloved one, down on the engage panel and stopped the floor sink, the thing that signaled the go-ahead to the girls in the test booth with her left foot. Engaged, she hollered, struggling to re-strap and re-glove at the same time, just in case the hog did, in fact, get started up. 
It was hard going. She had to lean forward to use her left hand since that was the only one still wearing a glove and the engage panel was of course on the right side. And naturally, touching the controls without one's gloves on was forbidden. To make matters worse, her butt itched worse than ever, driving her nuts. She gave up trying to relieve it and opted to pull the red glove back on with her teeth, followed by a quick hemp restrap. Sylvan Hash, are you aware that your panel is engaged? We're not getting the diffuser light. The diffuser must be in full positation before proceeding to step A9. Oh, jeez, now they're quoting the manual at me, she said to herself. Through the feeder, she added, You bet, baby. Ma'am's just checking herself in. Sylvan Ash, are you aware that safety instruction 913 states unstrapping is not allowed when you are in? Yeah, but I noticed a, uh, a bop was flickering in the hindquarter. I did a, a maintenance stop while I was waiting. No harm done, sorry. She hammered the diffuser knob with her right elbow since the glove was still only half on. That ought to shut them up, she figured. Okay, forget that. We've got the lot now, responded the tech rattling cue. Proceed to check all panels in order six. Trich heard relief edge out the monotone in the technician's voice. It was the first indication that the drone was indeed human. She laughed a little. She was not above a sadistic thrill. Mashing the floor sink with each successful checkoff, Trich raced through the startup procedure. She couldn't believe the machine was actually beginning to function. She'd see water, maybe even space after all. Them girls was something special. She felt the throb of the hog warming up as the silent engine yawned into wakefulness. The air circulators were blasting now that the ship was, check by check, taking control out of human hands. With each new click and hum, she followed the progress in her mind. She could almost hear a little guy shoveling coal into a furnace somewhere in the bowels of the tiny tub, or maybe a gerbil on a treadmill, or even a kid with a slingshot. Pictures materialized in her head of whatever magic might go into getting this hunk of styrofoam spaceborne. Heck, even a scene of the actual plutonium fuel injection waiting for its final checkoff played out in her brain for good measure. She thought she felt the ship vibrating into full thrust zone, but realized it was just a piece of metaphor mincing through her imagination. You could always count on the anti-shivers on these hogs. There was never a vibration, smooth as the proverbial cheese. But she loved the reverie. She visualized herself on a steed at the starting gate of one of those barbaric horse races of the 21st century. Any minute, the bell would ring and she'd charge out, leaning forward, whipping the horses behind with her baton. She heard a snort and realized it came from herself, not from some pumped-up thoroughbred racing along below. She resisted the urge to push up from her seat only because her foot was needed at the floor sink for the checkoffs. We're now in B status, Sylvan Hash. Prepare for rod pullback. The voice feed sounded absolutely ecstatic. Rod pullback. The plutonium was raring to go, naked and pulsating, no doubt. The right glove was back on by now, straps adjusted tight for flight, itchy butt forgotten in the anticipation of a liftout. Nozzle exposed, ready for final count, just waiting for the lighterator feedback, and we're ready to go. Trich fairly drooling, kept her eyes glued to all ten readouts at once, even the one behind her head. She licked her lips to relieve the tension. The lighterator wouldn't be fully tested until she got into the space, but it had to be checked off now, as later would be too lit, obviously. No sense in flying off into the wide open vacuum if the old lighterator couldn't letterate, right? A big A-OK on the lighterator doohick would signal the release of her tail anchor and she'd be up on her fabulous own. She'd hover for a ten to the next second, the flag would wave down, the gun would report, the gate would open, the teacher at the front of the room would say, class, you may begin, the preacher would give an amen, there'd be one final scream of movie tone ecstasy and she'd be off, flying first over the water of the pond and faster, faster, up to the heavens, racing with sound until she overtook it and onto space, where she'd go faster than true light, reaching out millions of miles to wherever the brandy ones programmed her to go. Ten minutes later, she'd be flipped back 180 degrees, light accelerator test completed. A couple of seconds after that, she'd be looking at the pond below her again, her tub slowing to sanity speed and eventually drifting back to the corral like the black mare in the victor's isle spent but in that euphoric state only speed can deliver 
Somewhere in that brief span of time, her mouth would go completely dry, and the pure wonder of a quickie float would fulfill her weird need, that speed Jones she had, and make the whole God-itching day worth it for her. The great payoff was only seconds away now. She had only to wait for the check coming through the feeder. She listened hard to hear the nuances in the click of the switch at the other end. A dull thud would mean negative, but a bright snappy puck would be optimistic. She wouldn't even have to wait for the human voice to zip through the tube. She'd respond to the puck before the tech could get the word out. And by the time the sound of the tech's voice had died down, her tail would be up and free. All she had to do was wait for the puck. A pause ensued. A dreadful silence where it seemed every molecule of this ship and its hangar and all the humans therein held their breath. Trich waited for the puck. The lab tech waited to send the puck. The entire team of counterwipers, PhDs, and grease monkeys waited. Was that an analog alarm clock she heard ticking over on the nightstand? The world was poised, waiting for the waking puck. And up, and up, and up. But we're getting a negative on that moderator, Sylvan Hash. Sorry, we're squabbling. Thank you for the time. The day is yours. She heard, or rather felt, the voice feeder being turned down on the other end. If you enjoyed this story, you may find more at Chaos Theory Tales Askew, located at www.genspace.com, spelled G-E-N-S-P-A-C-E dot com. Just click the top eyeball. You'll know what I mean. <laughs>